Leadership File on Premiere. Welcome to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. If you ask people to come up with examples of leadership, chances are the names of present or former political leaders will come to mind. Throughout history, Christians have been involved in political leadership, though it's not always been something that's been especially promoted within the local church. Despite the examples of characters such as Joseph and Daniel's involvement in political leadership in scripture. The word politics is often described as murky or unscrupulous or compromising. And of course, in polite society, it's said that along with religion, it's a topic that shouldn't be discussed at all. Well, this week, with a general election scheduled for June 8th, I'm joined by Martin Eden, Premier's resident political editor to discuss Christian leadership in the political realm. So welcome, uh, Martin, to the Leadership Farm. Hi, welcome. Thank uh, you. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. And lovely to have this chance of discussing politics with you. So uh, has politics always been an interest of yours? Yes. I was born into a political family. Ah. Uh, not that I stuck with the family politics for long, mm. but uh, I grew up conscious of conversations at home about the current events going on in the political world and uh, I when I finished school I, I went to university to study politics oh, right. and economics oh, and uh, then from that I got a junior lectureship in politics and for 14 years was teaching in, in the higher education sector uh, teaching politics and social policy issues well wow. then um, uh, I also got involved in party politics a little bit, much to uh, my family's disquiet because it wasn't where they wanted me to be, but I shall leave, pass over that very vaguely. <laughs> and um, then I, when I'd finished a number of other jobs, I was invited to come here to Premier to work as political editor. I have a lot of friends in politics. Uh, I have people I don't like in politics too, but that's a different matter. And uh, yes, politics is important in my life from a Christian perspective. Right. Uh, I am very anxious that Christians should play a full part in the political life of our nation as voters and citizens, because it's our country and we're there to serve, that we're there under God to make this a, a God-fearing nation, which mm. it isn't. And sure. that's partly because a lot of Christians opt out and yeah. don't take their civil responsibility seriously. Sure. Uh, have you had any heroes? Oh, I say either either within the political world or or Christians in a different field who who have you? I have encouraged? had friends. I have friends on both sides of the political divide. They're they're mostly there because they're friends because they're Christians, mm. and that's brought us together. And we've shared thinking and ideas. And I've had them on some of my programs um, because they're people whose judgment I trust. But heroes, or well, certainly not any recent politicians, would be in that category. Mm. I think intellectually, Edmund Burke, the 18th century Christian MP, stroke philosopher was one of my intellectual heroes. I did a dissertation on him as, mm. a, as a student. So I'm familiar with his work in that sense and respected quite a lot of the way he thought about politics, but didn't agree with everything he said. Right, okay. Um, uh, and, and your role within Premier, you, you mentioned um, you, you run a show, so uh, for, well, for I listeners do who listen to this but don't listen to you, what, what do you do within Premier? I do a whole host of programmes mm. on Premier and particularly doing regular news reports mm. on um, 
what's happening, Prime Minister's questions. I do a weekly interview with the duty bishop in the House of Lords so that people can hear what they're doing there and appreciate their value and pray for them. Mm. But I also do programs like I did yesterday, an hour-long program with four specialists on the whole area of global warming. What's, what are the issues going on there? Why should we take it seriously? And what can ordinary folk like me and you do about to help reduce the global warming process that is causing real danger and damage to a lot of people and a lot of countries? Indeed, indeed. Uh, I mean, I understand Christian Aid, for, for, for one, uh, have been promoting the, the need for global warming to be uh, on the agenda because of the effect it has on the poor around yes. the world. Yeah. And President Trump has just dropped a bomb upon the whole discussion by saying he's going to withdraw America from the Par Paris Agreement of 2016 that Barack Obama joined up to. Um, and uh, that will badly undermine some of the work that the Paris Agreement tried to set in place, which was to make sure that globe, the, warm, the world did not warm up more than 2% per annum. And in fact, it should have been lower than that. 1.5 probably. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, would you make a big distinction between uh, local government and national government when it comes to the kind of politics that Christians might engage in? I think I would draw the distinction, but I think it's important that we actually recognise the value of local government mm. and it isn't valued enough. And I think the elections taking place today for, to, for, to elect a number of metro mayors is a positive move in the right direction mm. which gives some greater possibility of devolution to uh, powers to local authorities where they, they combine in these metro mayor systems and that gives an opportunity for people to see more of politics going on in their local community and therefore be better equipped, better informed to play their part in a more participative form of democracy. One of the things that's wrong with Britain, and we've seen the evidence and the consequences of it in the Brexit debate, in the referendum in 2016, is that the people have not been involved enough to know enough detail about what's going on and understand the underlying forces at work. And so often I think people voted on the basis of misinformation by the campaigns, both sides, mm. not taking sides in this, but not only misinformation, but at the same time, some fairly questionable motives with regard to not liking foreigners, for example, which which worries me from a Christian perspective, mm -hmm. because um, the parable of the Good Samaritan very clearly tells us that, that our neighbour is not necessarily our next door neighbour, it is maybe somebody with a different coloured skin mm -hmm. from a different part of the world. They're still our neighbours, and they are often suffering because of the effects of desertive desertification in, in mm. Africa or flooding in Bangladesh and uh, sea coming in, rising sea levels, flooding their agriculture land, which is mm. only a few metres above the sea level, which makes ruins it, of course. Once the salt gets in that soil, it's no good for agriculture. These are our neighbours. How do we love them? Jesus said, love God, love your neighbour. It seems to me that some of the xenophobic thinking that motivated UKIP and others was a bit but a bit questionable from a Christian perspective. We need to, to think about that and pray about that and get behind from a biblical perspective on that. Right. Uh, I mean, the reason for asking the question, I guess, was that within local government, it doesn't seem to be as party politically driven and therefore a Christian can more easily perhaps 
vote according to conscience and get involved in a way. But I, I don't know if that's an, a fair assessment of the situation. Which is in some places, not in others. Okay. I think the problem with local government is it's perceived to be boring. Right. It's about street lighting. It's about roads. It's it's about um, local things, small mm. things, mm. and um, whereas national politics is the big national international scene and stuff. That's more attention grabbing. I think it's the little thing, local things where we can under, have quicker, deeper understanding and play a part and learn and grow as potential players in the political scene. Okay. I mean, it's my perception that Christian leaders in the UK are generally loath to tell their con con congregations which way they vote or engage in political comment in their sermons. Um, obviously, classically, in the United States, evangelicals seem to be more vocal on political issues. Uh, is that a correct perception, do you think? Well, probably, but uh, certainly the contrast between us and America, I think, is true. Mm. I'm uncomfortable with some of what happens in America. It does seem to me that in church we're there, first of all, to help people understand the Word of God. Mm. We're there to preach the Word of God. And as a, as a lay minister in, in the London Diocese, I see that as my role. It isn't to try and persuade people of this political position or that political position. Mm. It's to get behind those positions. What is God's Word relevant to this area of discussion and i think when 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 american preachers sometimes seem to be almost political advocates that isn't honoring god mm. and i think honoring god and trying to be more like jesus you didn't find jesus doing politics those are goals which must be important for the christian life okay okay uh, um i mean the u.s has had periods when evangelical christians had in quotes the ear of presidents at least they thought they had um, there was the time of the so-called moral majority, which believed it could influence the nation uh, for Christ. But the consensus seems to be that they were used. Uh, and, and I just wondered what a Christian should expect in terms of influence within the political realm. I think we have to earn influence. In increasingly secular society, we shouldn't assume it. We have to earn it. And I think Christians have been. Mm. Those who go out at night on the city streets as street pastors are doing something very precious. And a lot of the kids who get into trouble and drinking too much and stuff recognise that, that those who are there helping them are not getting anything out of it. They're just showing Christian love. That's a good sign. I think, secondly, food banks. Churches don't get anything credit in that sense for, for this, but nor should we. We're there to help needy people. And it does seem to me that where we operate it has to be under the guidance of biblical thinking, spirit-led, in order, in that sense, to bear witness. Um, to, to, and, and then that honours God and that cares for our neighbour. And I think, in that sense, the, the moral majority agenda actually highlighted one or two issues, particularly abortion, uh, but they forgot the rest of the agenda. And it's quite important that we actually come through across the across the piece yeah i mean it, it would seem listening that, that almost abortion is the only <laughs> the dividing issue in, in the united states for example yes. obviously in the uk it's not unimportant but it hasn't been a quite the same division amongst christians and i understand their concerns mm. but i think sometimes some of them take it too far killing people to stop abortion is is a nonsense <laughs> absolutely but but it does seem to me that, that there's a lot of other issues and um, yes the, the, the birth and well-being of small children, not aborting 
children because they're shown up in the womb as having a potential disability or whatever. That's we shouldn't be doing that. And so I would love to see the age range, the, the, the time range for abortions mm. much reduced. But the fact remains that there is there are some cases, rape cases for example, where you can see okay I can understand that. It's sad, but I can understand it. Why should that woman carry the fruit of that criminal event? But um, th th that's a complex area, and probably not. We can't do justice to it in this I, short I, I interview. Appreciate, I appreciate that. Okay. Well, you're listening to the Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck, um, with the uh, general election ahead. We're talking uh, politics with Martin Eden, Premier's resident political editor. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Martin Eden, Martin's Premier's resident political editor. We're discussing Christian leadership in the political realm, particularly, of course, ahead of the uh, general election on June the 8th. Um, so, Martin, um, in his book entitled Those Who Show Up, Andy Flanagan argues it's not enough for Christians to complain about political decisions. They should get involved in whichever party they believe suits them. Uh, I, I sense from our conversation thus far you'd agree with that. Totally. And the important thing about the show up campaign is it brings together the conservative Christian fellowship, the Christians on the left and the Liberal Democrat Christian Forum. And those three, the three leaders of that organisation have demonstrated very visibly and very practically how Christians can agree and work together across the political spectrum while still having difference of political perspectives. And it is crucial that Christians do show up. And it isn't just turning up to vote. That's putting your cross on a piece of paper. It doesn't call for much intellectual preference, uh, preparation or, or thought. But it's showing up by asking the difficult questions, by going sometimes on an issue that matters to one to see the MP in their surgery, in their constituency surgeries, normally on Fridays or Saturdays, and talking it through from a Christian perspective graciously. That's playing a full part as a citizen who is also a Christian. That's our dual citizenship, if you like. We're citizens of the Kingdom of God, but also citizens mm. of the United Kingdom. Uh, and Andy, in the book, uh, obviously suggests that there are many uh, areas where, where you know, Christians could have quite a, quite a significant influence because everyone else is so apathetic. Absolutely. I think there are a lot of issues. And um, I mean, some of them are difficult. The whole issue of marriage with same-sex marriage and stuff was a vexed issue for Christians, mm. understandably. But there are lots of issues. And I think sometimes they can be quite modest local issues, like the nature of the education provision in a particular area and stuff like that, where one's own kids are there. And so you get first-hand awareness of what's going on. And you can go to the MP and say, look, I'm uncomfortable about what's happening here, or I'm uncomfortable at what I hear the government is planning to do in terms of changing the funding of schools. Or the same with regard to hospitals. Um, we all value the NHS. We can sometimes go to the the um, MP and say, "Look, I've had this experience. It was a good experience. I want to say, I want to say, keep keep funding the NHS properly." Mm. Or we can say, "I had this bad experience. I was kept waiting for this long. Something needs to be done." That's a way we can play our part, working with the MPs but still doing it from a Christian perspective. Right. You, you, you mentioned earlier that you, you've got friends who are uh, politicians and involved in politics. What, what are the kind of qualities does a Christian need for a political involvement, maybe aside from uh, other kinds of leadership? Well, I think obviously the first thing is a close walk with Jesus Christ. Mm. And 
that's easily said, but it's mm. a matter for every individual on their knees, if you mm. like. It certainly, it's not something you can say glibly. And my worry is that quite often we come out with the right cliches, but we actually have to get active and real about mm. them. I think that's the first thing. And then prayerfully preparing for those meetings so that you go in full of grace, not anger. You may have a strong point to make, but it needs to be made graciously. Mm. Otherwise, what they hear is an angry citizen, not a Christian citizen. Now, Christians have righteous anger sometimes, mm. but there's a way of graciously putting that over that leaves the MP impressed. I think, I think it's important that churches uh, and Christian groups really develop relationships with their local elected representatives so that they're not strangers. They're not someone where you're coming to out of the blue, but someone they recognize. So every election, local churches should be having local hustings. So that's something that we need to be doing right now, this month, before June the 8th. Getting the candidates together, putting questions to them about how their parties will operate, getting beyond the cliches about Theresa May or Jeremy Corbyn to deal with real issues and addressing them from a Christian perspective and asking questions and getting the, the, the sense that the MP is there to represent them, not us there just to vote for them. Uh, now, Tim Farron, the leader of the Liberal Democrats, has been hounded by the press regarding his view on same-sex uh, sexual relations. He's he's come out to, um, and said he's a, a, a king Christian. I um, mean, as the UK culture adopts values that are distinct from Christian ones, uh, approaches to certain issues are deemed politically dynamite. So do you think it makes national politics an uncomfortable place for many Christians? I think it makes a difficult place. And I think poor old Tim has really suffered from this mm. because he couldn't just switch off. As a party leader, he had to be up there in in the microphone in the, mm. before the camera. And I think it was tough. I mean, I think he rightly said that sexual orientation is not an issue that determines whether or not you're a mm. Christian. What you do about it, and that applies to homosexuals and to heterosexuals. There are an awful lot of heterosexual sinners as well as <laughs> whatever. So I think the issue is that, that Tim was, has been hounded. And there, there's been a form of almost clinical persecution by journalists who, who wanted to exploit that out of their own prejudices and uh, that was in my opinion grossly unprofessional mm. but Tim coped with it until he got to the point where he had to say this has got to stop as a party leader he had to get his party up and running he had to be a credible leader because all the other party leaders were out well at least Theresa May was saying, vote for me, or all the rest are rubbish. And he had to prove that she was wrong on as far as he was concerned. Now, I, I had a lot of sympathy for him, and I think from a Christian perspective, I was praying for him to get it sorted. Um, couldn't entirely agree with his final outcome, but I understood it. Sure, sure, okay. I mean, if someone is listening and, and, and keen to get involved in politics, not just in voting, maybe, but but actually maybe standing as a local councillor or whatever, because they want to serve Christ. Uh, what would you say that they should do? First of all, um, welcome and encourage them, mm. but urge them to make sure that they have a local accountability group that is a real accountability 
accountability group not just a friend of friends who will pat you on the back and say nice things about you but people who will help hold you to account and give you encouragement will pray for you uh, if you go forward into to stand for election and stuff pray for you and particularly if you win that election they're there for you praying for you but also at the same time giving you encouragement and support and once you get into politics there's lots of meetings and things that affects the candidates or the, the members family life what support can you give to them in a practical way so I think it's absolutely crucial that you, this is not done on a solo basis mm. and um, I mean other books that you'd recommend for someone considering engaging in political life um, I'd be quite wary about this because um, that the, the most of the books about politics are not um, are not Christian but I would say, um, I think to some extent, reading John Stott's books, particularly um, some of the books, um, the Christian in the Modern World book, which I helped to edit, okay. um, is uh, has got some stuff in there that is helpful on issues. And it, it's, it's about how do you bring your Christian faith to bear on the issues that are likely to arise including things like homosexuality and abortion and stuff, and to be equipped from that. Now, Stott, bless his soul, he's no longer, longer with us, sadly, but he had a clear biblical mind on many of these issues. It's a very useful book. But, of course, more than even that, the Bible is crucial. But it's Bible well understood. Mm. And from my point of view, it's always have a Bible with a really good um, commentary and exposition. And uh, my favourites, of course, Stott too, but... Um, also um, uh, Tom Wright um, but it's it's having the resources there and it being part of your daily life mm. then that gives you a platform a safe platform within which to to get your head above the parapet in the political world wonderful I um I certainly issues facing Christians today the book you mentioned was was a great help to me when I was a student back in the 80s um, because how did you think biblically about things that you'd never thought about before and he gives a because he's a wonderful Bible expositor, was able to have both the, the, the appropriate approach to the scripture without being proof texting. And of course, many people try and use the Bible for their own ends. Sure. Um, well, I worked with him for nine years, so right. uh, I, I got a very, very rich education <laughs> and personal support and guidance as well. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, time's uh, almost defeated us, Martin, but um, we have got time just to mention the, the timings of the, the shows that you run for those listening who'd like to, maybe they don't typically listen. Where, where would they find you? Well, I would like to mention one specific programme, mm. which pleased me no end. Mm. I recorded it yesterday morning. It'll be, it is uh, Climate Change and Us. Mm -hmm. It will be broadcast on Thursday, the 11th of July at 10 o'clock. Okay. On, on Premier, but it can also be heard on Freeview Channel C725. Wonderful. Okay. So, well, uh, I do find Martin in other times during the week as well. He'd be on Premier. I do uh, thank you for listening to, to this show. And uh, uh, I, I guess we would want to say, Martin, do you know, encourage people to engage with politics and to go and to vote on, uh, uh, you know, on the uh, general election day on June the 8th? I would. And I would be very happy if anybody contacted me, Martin Eden at premier.org.uk, and wanted advice to give that advice or to, to offer 
for their consideration some advice okay well thank you for thank you very much indeed for that for that offer uh, do um, log on to premier's website and you can find uh, the, uh, all archive recordings of the leadership file uh, you can see listen to this show on demand for a month and then you could go to iTunes and uh, listen to to things I have a weekly blog which appears ah. on the premier website I apologize for the photograph I didn't choose it <laughs> but it's the content and I'm very happy to dialogue with people about some of the things I say there. Wonderful. Okay, so go to Martin's uh, weekly blog, uh, and do as I say, uh, sign up to iTunes and listen to. You can. There's a whole back catalogue of the leadership file there for you uh, to listen at your leisure. So thank you for for tuning in today. Do uh, join us again next Sunday at three thirty. God bless. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.